Thank you for joining us for a life-changing message at Mount Hope Church in beautiful Gaylord, Michigan. Our prayer is that this message will strengthen and encourage your walk with Christ. Please enjoy this message. Wow, what an amazing weekend we've had. Thank you so much, the staff at Lost Valley, Pastor Tony and your crew. You've just spoiled us immensely. We had a great um, dinner last night, wonderful breakfast this morning, and um, just an amazing place, Lost Valley. You know, like Pastor Matt said, I've been with Assemblies of God for 19 years, and I've never been to Lost Valley. I've been to Fajola several times. It's a little bit closer to where I'm at, but I'd never been to Lost Valley, and I am very impressed. What a wonderful place, and to be so close to, you know, you guys. It's just a wonderful place for you to go. Um, you know, Chelsea was talking about kids camp, and kids camp just holds a very near and dear place in my heart. Um, that's where I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, was at kids camp. I was, yeah, I was actually a counselor. I had gone um, with the students, and I was 32 years old, just got saved, just seeking this whole thing out, and sometimes I feel like God just needs to get get you down to that kid level so you could really understand what's going on, and I was, it was a wonderful, powerful service. There were about 800 girls in this auditorium, and they were just praying and seeking after God, and my daughter was up there at the altar, and she was praying, and she came back, and she said, Mom, I think God is talking to me, and she had just gotten saved, too, so I didn't know she even knew God could talk to her, you know, and I said, well, what's he saying? She says, I don't know, so I said, well, get back up there and find out, so she went back up to the altar, and I started praying for her, and then she came back a little bit later, and she said, Mom, I think God wants me to go to a different country, and again, she had no idea what missions was, no idea. We came from a very unchurched background. And so I'm like, whoa, what's that all about? Because I really had no idea either. I had a little idea. but And so anyway, she was called to be a missionary to China that night. And I was so excited for her. And I just started praying for her and thanking God for her. Did not have any idea that I was speaking in another language when I finally figured out what was happening. And I recognized that I was not speaking in my native tongue. I'm like, whoa. Where'd that come from? How long did that happen? How long have I been doing that? It was just so powerful. And there's just something so powerful about kids' camps. So I just want to put a plug in there for that because I tell you what, I have seen so many kids called into the mission field, called in to be pastors and teachers and leaders. And that's what we need. Our kids need the Holy Spirit. They need God. And kids' camp is a way you could just get out there, get away from everyday life and get focused on God, and God will do amazing things. So um, didn't plan on saying that this morning, but that's okay. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. I'll say it again. Um, All right, so uh, this morning I was spending a little time in prayer before I came here, because I really like to do that. I really like to just see what God is saying, and Um, He changed my whole focus this morning, so hallelujah, I love that. It freaks me out a little bit because, you know, now I have to redirect, but that's okay. Um, 
If you could turn to 2 Kings chapter 4, we're going to start in verse 1. And while we're doing that, I just want to get a show of hands of how many people know what Teen Challenge is. Raise your hand so I can get an idea. Okay, so we do have some people here who do not know what Teen Challenge is. Um, Teen Challenge is a 13-month live-in faith-based discipleship program. In a nutshell, that's who we are. Um, Students, they are for students who have life-controlling issues. So a student will come into us and they've um, had some sort of life-controlling issue. They need to come in and they need to reset their thinking and reset their minds. And that can be anything from a drug addiction. Most of it is drug addiction. It could be um, codependency. It could be pornography. It could be any number of things. But the vast majority of them are, of course, drug addiction. Drug addiction, I don't know if you know or not, but is an epidemic epidemic in this country. And it's only getting worse. And um, we just want to do what we can one at a time to eradicate that. So they come into our program. They stay with us for 12 to 13 months, some a little longer if they need a little bit more love is what we call it. Um, and they come and they stay in our facilities. We teach them everything that we teach them is from the Word of God. All of our curriculum, all of our classes, everything that we do. We have chapel four to five times a week. We have devotions every day, Bible studies every day, uh, prayer time every day. Um, We just saturate them as much as we possibly can with the Word of God. And our program is not a rehabilitation program. We do not call ourselves a rehabilitation program. We are a redemption program. Amen. And we are not a 12-step program. We are a one-step program. Our step is Jesus Christ. That's it. And you can clap for that. Amen. And it's amazing because when you look at the statistics out there, the secular programs have an 8 to 10% success rate. And when you look at Teen Challenge, we are currently at an 86% success rate. Amen. And that is after seven years. That's not just, you know, 30 days out of the program. That's after seven years. And um, there is only one reason for that, and his name is Jesus. Amen. So that's what we do. That's who we are. That's what we do every single day. I am the director. I have the honor and the privilege of being the director at the Women's Center. Our Women's Center is very unique. There are only one of three of us in the United States presently that... You know, sometimes that fluctuates, but right now, as of yesterday, it's uh, three of us in the United States. We are a maternity center. That means the ladies that come to us, most of them are either pregnant or have just had a baby. They come to us, they um, go through the program, they have their child while in the program, they come back from the hospital with their baby, and their baby stays with them until graduation. And so we don't graduate just one student at a time, we graduate two, sometimes three. (laughs) So um, 
It's an amazing thing to watch that transformation take place, not only in the students' lives, but um, Pastor Joy, who is the former director, she's retired now and living the good life. Um, she had tried to tell me how special that was going to be the, when I saw that first baby being born, and I, I just had no clue. When Gia came home from the hospital and... Well, actually, it was in the hospital. I got to go. I got the privilege to go up there and, and to spend a little time with them. And I got to hold that little baby in my arms. I just cried because I realized that this baby would most likely not be here today if it were not for Teen Challenge. And just like all these other babies that are born, um, they're given a new opportunity. And someone said to me just last week, and it was such a powerful statement, it's going to stick with me forever. He said, you don't get the opportunity just to be a part of changing one life. You get the opportunity of simultaneously mentoring two generations at the same time. How cool is that? I have the best job on the planet. Yesterday, I was cuddling with the babies, and I'm like, whoa, this is it's a rough day at work. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. This is, you know, these women and men are coming out of drug addiction. They have, they have to come in, and they have a whole new way, a whole new shift in their lives that they have to make, and it is a challenge. I didn't know. I thought I knew what spiritual warfare was. I was in the church for 17, 18 years on staff, thought I knew what spiritual warfare was until I stepped into this role in Teen Challenge. It is a battle out there. It is a battle for these souls, and the spiritual warfare is great. So we covet your prayers most of all. All right, is everyone there at Second Kings? All right, I'm going to start with verse 1. got to put my glasses on because otherwise I can't see it. It says, A certain woman... Of the wives of the sons of the prophets cried out to Elijah, saying, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that your servant feared the Lord, and the creditor is coming to take my two sons to be his slaves. So Elisha said to her, What shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? And she said, Your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Then he said, Go. Borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors, empty vessels. Do not gather just a few. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you and your sons and pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons, who brought in the vessels to her, She pour, and she poured it out. Now it came to pass, when the vessels were full, that she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. And he said to her, There is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. Then she came and told the man of God, and he said, Go, sell the oil and pay your debt, and you and your sons live on the rest. What an amazing story of faith on the part of Elisha, and on the part of this woman, and on the part of her sons. They, in faith, went out, gathered vessels, poured the oil, and God did an amazing, amazing thing. But what is so powerful about this story and what I 
um, felt like the Lord told me this morning was, you know, this was a desolate woman. This was a woman who had absolutely nothing. She had said to this prophet, she said, my husband is gone, and they're going to take my sons, and all I have left in my entire life, other than my two sons, who they're going to take, is this jar of oil. I'm sure that she was thinking that once this oil was gone, she was just going to die. But God had a different plan. And, you know, when I read that story, I just think sometimes God has to take us to the place where we're empty. He has to take us to a place where only he can fill us up. And that's what this story is all about. It's taking those empty vessels and filling them up. Not filling them up with what we think should be filled up, but filling them up with the faith and the power of God. And what's interesting to me also in this story is they're talking about oil here. And when you look at the significance of oil in the Bible, it talks about oil represents the Holy Spirit, it represents God's anointing, and it represents the unity of the Spirit. So it's a powerful story, and as I look at that in relationship to Teen Challenge, it's the same thing. They're coming in, they're empty, they're searching, they're desolate, their hearts are desolate, they need something. They're coming in by faith. This is a volunteer program. Yes, some of them come in, and they're court-ordered to come in, and we're thankful that we're able to work with the court systems in that way. But it's still volunteer. Our doors, our doors don't lock on the inside. We don't keep them in. They choose whether or not they want to stay. But they, can't, they come in on their own choice because they know they need a change. They're empty, and they're looking for something. So we bring in these empty vessels, and we pray, and we have faith, and we just watch and see how God fills those vessels with this beautiful oil. And he does amazing things in each and every one of their lives that we as humans can't do. Only God can do that. And it's just amazing to me. And the other interesting thing about this story, and then I'm going to have some of these students come up and share their testimonies so you can see exactly what God has been doing in their lives. But the other interesting thing about this story is that God will only fill as many empty vessels as we give to him. And what I mean by that is, yes, we're all an empty vessel, but each of us have different vessels within us. There's different areas in our lives that we have to completely give over to him and say, God, this is my empty vessel. Fill it up. It could be any area of your life. It could be in the area of your finances. It could be in the area of your... Um, your job or your family. Maybe you've got something going on in your family, your children. Every area aspect in your life and in your heart and in your mind. Maybe it's your thought life. Give that empty vessel to him and by faith watch him fill it up. So I'm going to have, I think I'm going to start with Rocco this morning. I'm going to have Rocco come and share his story with you. And last week, I had, to, I had to make him stand 
a, a whole level down for me because he's a little bit taller than I am. So, but that's all right. We'll deal with it this morning, won't we? Hello, Mount Hope Church. My name is Rocco Dalian. Um, I was born and raised in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, I say my problems started when I was about... I don't know exactly what age my parents started um, being abusive, and I know they were always using drugs. And as far back as I can remember, they were beating each other, and they were trying to beat me and my sister, but I would always get in the way because nobody touches my sister to this day. But um, <clears throat> anyways... My parents were very abusive. I ended up um, not living with them anymore. When I was about 10 years old, I moved in with my grandfather, who was a good guy. But, um, you know, any kid wants to still be in relationship with his parents, so I was still trying to go and see them. And during that time, there would always be drugs out in the open. You know, marijuana was the first thing I tried. I was like 11 or 12 years old. And then eventually I started drinking and uh, that went on until I was about 15. I was a big baseball player. I loved baseball. And uh, I was catching for this game. I was hugging the plate. I was a little bit too close. And uh, this batter just cracked my helmet. The helmet cracked. I was okay except for I had a ruptured eardrum. So I got prescribed uh, Tylenol-3 with codeine. That was the first time I was introduced to opiates. And uh, I loved them. And um, from that time till I was about 17, I was uh, using all kinds of prescription drugs. I had joined a rock band, and we were doing really well, and I just thought I had everything together. You know, I got my own place when I was 17, and uh, things just started to go downhill real quick. Um, I caught a couple charges, and I went to rehab when I was 17, and I met this girl at rehab, and uh, she was not a good influence after rehab. She introduced me to heroin, and um, I didn't know it was heroin when I tried it. I just thought it was like Xanax or something. It was just this white powder, and you know, I'm used to just taking whatever's, whatever was given to me, so I did it, and next thing you know, I'm on the floor, and I'm like, whoa. Let's do that again. And uh, the devil just had me. He just, he had me by the neck. And uh, from that point till I was 19, when I started shooting it, I was snorting it for those two years, and it was just a real, real bad road. I got down to like 160 pounds. I'm six foot six, so I was like skin and bone. I mean, I looked like a vampire when I came in here nine months ago. And, uh... Yeah, it was just, it was rough. Um, when I was, like last year, I ended up catching a big charge. Of, I don't even remember doing this crime, but I wound up in jail facing about 25 years to life in prison. And I was just like, I was lost, you know? I mean, as far as I knew, I didn't even have a religion. I didn't even believe there was a God, so... I'm sitting there in jail. I end up getting in some fights, so they put me in the mental ward because, you know, the 
the mental floor for the people who are crazy. I was down there, and I'm hearing people talk to themselves at night, people throwing stuff. It's just, it was just miserable. I felt like I was at the absolute worst point I could ever get to. And so at that point, I said, why not, you know? If there is a God, if there is this good God that everybody always talks about, then maybe he'll do something good for me. And that was the point where I just broke down. I cried out to a God that I didn't believe in. And the next day, I got a visit. It was my aunt who was crying because her boyfriend had just overdosed. And he was actually on his way to Teen Challenge. And she said, well, there's a chance Gary couldn't make it. Not everybody makes it, but this could give you another shot. Why don't we just bring it up to the judge to see what he says? So I go to the judge, and um, he says, faith-based program? He's like, he's like were, you, were you high when you committed the crime? I said, yeah. He's like, well, maybe you do need help. And I mean, what judge is going to send somebody to a year program that's facing 25 to life. I mean, that was God. That had to be God. And I mean, since then, God's just been doing some crazy, awesome things in my life. I mean, I'm no longer playing secular music for the devil. I'm playing worship music. I'm a worship leader, too. And it's just like, it's all God. I mean, I would not be standing here right now all dressed and groomed in front of you if it weren't for this good God that we serve. You know, I'd be, I'd be in orange behind bars. And because we serve such a good God, I'm standing right here in front of you. So praise God. So um, after this, I'm not completely sure what I'm going to do. I know I'm going to continue to play music for the Lord because music is my passion. And uh, I'm just going to pray on it. I've been talking to a pastor at uh, Epicenter of Worship in Lansing about a missionary position that he would hold open for me. But i got to pray on that, you know. I'm not completely sure what I'm going to do. I applied at a couple Christian colleges. I'm just, I'm going to let the Spirit lead me. i still got a little bit of time. I'm one of those students who might need a little extra love. I struggled at first, so I got in some trouble. But uh, by the time I graduate, I know that God's going to have me fixed, and I know that I'm going to be living a good life. So I'm going to stand on verses, for he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in your weakness. Therefore I will boast all the more gladly in my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me, Second Corinthians 12.9. <laughs> Thank you. Amen. Amen. That is an empty vessel God is filling up. Amen. What a powerful, powerful story. And, um, you know, God's going to do amazing things in your life, Rocco. I just know it. He's given you this amazing talent to sing and play music. And, um, you know, what the enemy is meant for evil, God turns around and uses it for his good. Amen. Marino. My name is Marino Gugini from Flat Rock, Michigan. And uh, I was raised in a Christian home. Um, I felt I had it pretty good. 
we didn't have a lot of money, but uh, my parents managed. And um, But I kind of felt like when I was a child, I was kind of forced to go to church. So when I was uh, around 18, 19, I stopped going voluntarily. And uh, I do regret that. But uh, before I get into that, I uh, decided on my own, like I said, to quit going to church and not follow God. And I thought I didn't need him. So I was still kind of pulled to church by family, friends, and uh, as much as I tried, I still couldn't go to church. I didn't want to. And uh, finally, I decided to go into the military when I was 22, and uh, I said I had enough of being sheltered. I wanted to see what the world was like. And I thought it was a good choice at the time, and I did well in there, and uh, it was the structure of the place that really helped me. I didn't take my first drink till I was 23, though, and uh, after that, I was I was fine for a while. I, I didn't think anything of it. I thought I would never, you know, be an alcoholic or into drugs or anything. And matter of fact, when I was when I was growing up, I always said that I would never be one of those kids to you know to do uh, to do drugs or to be addicted to anything. But uh, after I came back, uh, I was a civilian again and. Uh, Met the wrong woman, I can say that. <laughs> and uh, we just started out smoking weed, and that was, uh, was kind of like the gateway, I guess you could say, to everything else. Uh, but the bigger problem for me was still alcohol. And uh, it was through drinking that I decided to try other things and other drugs. And uh, I tried everything under the sun that was introduced to me. After... I, after uh, the one I met when I came back, there was somebody else that came into my life, and she introduced crack to me, and that was uh, a life-changing uh, event for me. I never felt such a high in my life, and uh, afterwards, though, I was left empty, in, empty inside after coming down off it, and I knew as I was coming down, I was crying out to God every time. I'm like, God, you know, help me with this. I can't do this again. Uh, it was time and time again that I continued to do it, though, and it wasn't, uh, I, I felt like I didn't spend a lot of money on it. However, I knew that I still was doing wrong. Uh, again, you know, I can't com couldn't compare myself to other people, but that was, that was my whole basis was, well, I'm not doing that bad, as bad as somebody else would be. Uh, now, over the years, though, my dad had mentioned Teen Challenge, and I always thought, Teen Challenge, what's that? I thought it was for teens, and didn't really know much about it uh, other than what he had mentioned and he had gone through Teen Challenge himself and I didn't really know much about that until recently uh, over this last year. Uh, so my family started seeing after all this drug use what it was doing to me and they decided uh, they weren't going to help me anymore with my uh, you know help me uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Be an enabler. <laughs> They wouldn't enable me anymore, so of course I denied that I was even doing anything, which is the way we, I think a lot of us can be at times when we're into addictions. And uh, I finally decided after fighting uh, for four months coming to Teen Challenge, uh, decided it was the right thing to do. And I was facing jail time also, so I presented it to the courts uh, that, you know, said, Your Honor, I would like to go into a program if it's possible, 
And the judge just didn't want to do it, really. She said, uh, you're going to have to face some jail time. However, my family was there, and my uncle, uh, who's good friends with Pastor Jeff Turner's brother, and, uh, which is another, I think, I don't call it a coincidence. I think God kind of set that up to make, to make sure that I, I, I couldn't get out of uh, coming here. <laughs> and uh, I do think it was in his plan now. But uh, the judge decided, she's like, well, this is your last chance. Looks like your family said that, you know, if you mess up after this, this is it. And, uh, you know, I know my family loves me. It's just that they didn't want to see me go through any more trouble. Um, one of my uncles had died from drinking. He, he, uh, he was young. Never met him. He was in, a, uh, I think, in a Thunderbird car, and he just drank too much and went on a road and crashed. And, uh, and uh, somebody else in my family had also drank too, and it, it was uh, it was quite a quite a problem for us. And so, you know, we knew that this was this would be a better option for me instead of going to jail again, which I had done so many times. Uh, so. Like I said, I fought four months before coming to Teen Challenge, and then I came here. And at first, I didn't really like being here at all. I, I said, I can't stand this. I got to go. I'm being in church again. I feel like, you know, I was going to catch on fire or something, you know. And uh, I knew that was just the, the flesh part of me trying to, trying to fight against the Spirit. But I've been here so far 12 months, and I'm going to graduate July 1st. And for a bigger reason, God put it on my heart to complete this program. Sorry about that. My, my father, he passed away this year, and he told, he told me <clears throat> his last dying wish kind of was to say, stay in Teen Challenge and complete the program. And if it wasn't for the Lord having him tell me that, I probably would have left. And I'm so glad that I did stay because now I finally know <clears throat> that I can't do all the things I want to do in life and succeed on my own. My own strength isn't going to help me. Um, it's only by his will I'm able to stand up here and talk in front of everyone because I was, as a kid growing up, I was very nervous and had anxiety all the time anyway. So I know that that's God. I can't do anything through my own strength, but I know I can do it through him. And uh, after Teen Challenge, I'm going to go back into school and trying to finish some more college up without drinking and without doing the same things I did. But I'm going to ask the Lord for guidance. I'm not sure exactly what I'm going to do as far as career goes right now. But I'm going to keep praying and seeking and asking every day until that happens, until he shows me what I have to do. Um, but my stand-on verse is Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Amen. But the key there, Marino, is as you do that, if you're taking those steps of faith, God will show you. You have to make sure you're taking the right steps, and as you make the next right choice, and as you say you wanted to go back to school, that would be a, a wise choice, then God will show you, and he will do exactly what he said he was going to do in your life, and can't wait to see it. Can't wait to see it. Um, Next, I'd like Eric to come up, and Eric is a recent graduate of Teen Challenge, and um, I just want you to hear his story. 
Hello, I'm Eric Davio, 24 year old, years old, and like she said, I graduated on April 1st, the April that just passed. And, um, you know, my story is just, you know, slightly different. Like she was saying, most people come in here with drugs, alcohol, stuff like that. Mine was actually pornography, and that all started probably 10, somewhere between 10 and, 10 and 12, I would say. I, uh, you know, me and my friend were downstairs on a computer. It was completely unprotected, and, you know, you got two boys on a computer. Eventually, you're going to find something, and I just, as soon as I saw that, you know, the devil knew he had me with this. So he, that latched onto my heart, and I ran with that. And it completely changed my personality. I started isolating myself, didn't want to talk to anybody, didn't want to connect to anyone, definitely didn't want to do any talking like this. And, and it was easy to hide, you know, it's not like drinking where you're going to be staggering around and slurring, and it's not like heroin or crack where you can kind of see, oh, in their eyes, or they smell like this, or they're doing, or they're, you know, falling asleep all the time, or just wired. It was easy to hide, and so I did. And, you know, I just went through life, and by the time I got to high school age, I was so nervous about meeting people and talking to people that I had myself homeschooled through high school, and then I ended up doing, doing my schoolwork on a computer with, with my addiction. wasn't a great idea, but I did that. And um, during that time, I had... I, my family started going to a church in town, and that's when I really, start, really found God for the first time and devoted myself to him, and I thought I had given up my life to him, but I had hidden pornography over in the corner of my heart, and I didn't want to deal with that, and I didn't deal with that. I didn't address that at all, and um, I was playing in, the, playing in the youth band and going to church every time it was open, and that continued until I graduated and then I stopped going and kind of turned my back on God. And um, I got a job at, or no, I didn't get a job yet. I, I slowly started slipping into a depression after that. I was working for a catering company and then, you know, just making a little bit of spending money and just blowing it all. And um, by the time I hit, I think, 21, I had tried to go to, tried to, go to college right, at, right when my depression started getting bad and flunked out because I didn't care about writing any of the papers, doing any grades, anything like that. And then in, I think it was February, February when I was 21, or right after I turned 21, I, my depression got really, really bad and I didn't want to do anything. I was sitting on the couch. I weighed, I think, I stopped eating and I weighed 120 pounds, I think. Right now I weigh 150 and I'm still skinny. So, Imagine me 120, 115, something like that. And um, so I had myself, or actually I ended up cutting my wrist and to escape the pain of feeling nothing all the time, of just feeling like emptiness and just nothing. And, you know, that really scared me and my mom, so I had myself put into the psych ward. And I stayed there for 10 days and came out on some light psych meds, but I decided that God wasn't for me. You know, in my messed up head at that time, God wasn't, like Rocco said, in my head, he wasn't a good God. He wasn't for me. Like, at that time, it was, you know, where was he when I had a knife in my hand? And, but 
it wasn't until I came to Teen Challenge that I realized that he was probably, you know, sitting on the couch right behind me, crying, like, what? Like, just call out to me, please. I can help you. You just have to ask. But I decided not to do that. And so I just started working again, got a job at McDonald's after that, and met a girl. It seems like that happens a lot, and then things, if you meet the wrong girl, then things go bad. Weird. Okay, so I met that girl. You know, all you got to do is meet the right girl, and then things go great. But, you know, you got a messed up head, and you meet someone else with a messed up head. It's not good. Anyway, she really got inside my head and really and twisted it all up again, and I started abandoning my family for her. And when we started dating, I put her right where God should be. You know, all my time, money, energy, everything was for her. And, you know, previously, my mom had started really getting really getting right with God and starting to get her house in order. So she said, you know, if you bring pornography into my house again, you're out of here. I'm not going to have you affecting, you know, my daughters, my, son, my other sons, anything like that. I'm not going to have that in my house. And after I started dating her, I had started not caring about that. So I brought it in again. She caught me and sat me down at a table with a little post, or not a post-it note, a little index card and it had like four or five homeless shelters on it. So she, you know, she still cared and loved for me enough to the point where she didn't want me to be sleeping, you know, on a park bench or in my car. She wanted me in a bed. But then there was also Teen Challenges at the bottom and like two little lines about it. And I was like, what's this? Like, I don't want to be in a homeless shelter. What's this? And it had something about God in the description and, you know, something in me spoke and said, go do that. So that all happened on Sunday morning. And Monday, Monday morning, I was in, or Monday afternoon, I was in Teen Challenge. And, you know, that was the best decision I could have made in my life. Really, just instantly, or not instantly, after about a month or two of Satan kind of playing around in my head and trying to trick me. And he succeeded for a little bit, trying to get in my head. And after that, I really started, you know, leaning on God, fighting back, using the word as my sword, getting him and uh, fighting him off like that. And, you know, everything just started really, started being able to find who I am again. You know, I'm not, I'm not going to base who I am in the girl I'm dating and the money I have and the success in life, but, date, or, and, but value myself based on how God feels about me. And that just really, you know, brought back my self-confidence and all that, and um, I'm able to do things like this now. And since I've graduated, I've, I've got a job again. I'm going to church. I've got a men's group. I've got a, um, I guess it's like a sex addiction group, I guess it would, is what it would be. And I'm going to that on Thursday, and I'm trying to get involved in my church to play piano for them as well, and I'm um, waiting to see where God can take me, or where God will take my job. Oh, my job is just at McDonald's right now, and it's just, you know, working there, and actually that was a little bit of a struggle at first because that's exactly where I met my ex-girlfriend, so I, have, I really needed God for that to be able to go back to that job at a different location and deal with all that, and um, actually where I'm hoping to work is at Covenant Eyes. They didn't have an opening yet, but it's an uh, internet accountability group or internet accountability company. Uh, they 
essentially sell a program you can put on your phone, computer, every electronic device you have, and it filters and blocks out pornography, gambling, uh, anything that would be inappropriate for anyone. So, you know, when I or if I eventually get hired there, it would be, I would be fighting the very thing that tried to kill me and tried to take me down and almost did, really. And, um, you know, my stand on verse is Romans 12, too. Do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you will know the perfect and pleasing will of God or something really close to that. <laughs> All right, thank you. Amen. Couple things in that in that testimony. Um, first of all, yeah, it always starts with a, you know. Then I met a man, and then I met a woman, you know. But it's so true what he said. You know, if you're not in the place you need to be, if you're messed up, you're going to be drawn to people who are messed up. And hurting people hurt people. That's how it works. They're going to be drawn to each other. So. Um, You'll find that in, in nearly every testimony that is given here. So, um, and secondly, you know, when he talked about how he had gone to church and he was doing all the right things and he was, you know, living for God, but he had this one area that he stuck over in the corner and he wasn't willing to give up to God. It was that empty vessel and he left it empty. And what does God's word say? When you leave something empty like that, the enemy comes in seven times more powerful, and he just comes in like a lion, and he'll come in, and he'll take that one area that you have not given up to God, and he will do something with it, and pretty soon you're right back in your mess. So you've got to be open to all of those empty vessels and allowing God to fill it up because something's going to fill it up, and it won't be pretty. Amen? Um, Miss Rebecca. Hello, my name is Rebecca Reagan. I am 28 years old, and I'm from East Tennessee. Um, growing up, I had a pretty good life, a uh, big family. Uh, grandmother always had me in church. Things were always really good. I did um, experiment with some drugs recreationally. When I was about 18, I started, but it wasn't anything that got out of control, I guess you could say. I still managed to um, get married, have a child. I graduated high school, started a few college classes, and started this life that, as you all know, can get hectic and crazy. And at 23 years old, I was introduced to methamphetamines. And I didn't think that it was anything that would take control of me like it did, because like I said, I had tried other drugs before and it had never become a problem for me. But this one was different. It, it took control of me and it ruined everything that I had in life. It, you know, my marriage was ruined. My family had fallen apart. I lost custody of my little boy um, uh, about a year and a half ago to, unfortunately, to my mother. But, you know, that's still it's still a hard thing to handle and with all this happening it just drug me farther down into my addiction and I started going to jail 
I mean, a vicious cycle. I would go for a few months and I, I would be determined to get out and do right and get back on the right path and that just never seemed to happen. So in August of last year, I got arrested and I, I was looking at a little bit of jail time, but that was something that I was used to. But I knew that something had to change, you know. I had, I had tried this over and over again and I knew that it was something that I couldn't do on my own. I knew that I needed something else and I had heard about from a few friends and my grandmother finally made the made me really decide to go to Teen Challenge and I got accepted into a Teen Challenge actually in Tennessee in Livington Livingston Tennessee and as soon as I got there I mean it didn't take any amount of time until I knew that this was exactly what I had needed you know I knew that I had found the strength in God to do what I was supposed to do. Just, it, it took no time. And my family was coming back together. Um, I was forming a relationship with my son again. My, my mom was talking to me. Things were going great, and they still are. But I, quit, I, I was there about a month, and I found out that I was 18 weeks pregnant. And... I had no idea, and I was so surprised. And the program that I was in, um, there they weren't equipped to house pregnant women. And, you know, I thought here I had come so far and things were looking so good for me, and I, I was afraid that I was about to lose it all. But thank God for Sisters Maternity because, you know, they, they had a bed open for me, and I found out I was pregnant like Monday, and on Wednesday I was in Michigan. And it was December, and I came from Tennessee to Michigan, and it was a little bit colder, but it was wonderful. And my life now continues to get better. I mean, every day, God just has restored my life in so many ways. It's amazing to me. I have now this new wonderful baby girl, um, Charlotte. She's three weeks old. And um, my family will... <laughs> My family will be here um, on Wednesday of this week. They're coming up from Tennessee to spend a few days with me, and they're actually bringing my little boy to spend the entire summer with me. So, it's just absolutely amazing to see what God has already done in my life. And as far as my future goes, I'm really not sure. Part of me keeps, I maybe, maybe it's God telling me to stay in Lansing and maybe I'm fighting against it because I, it's so much nicer in Tennessee, but <laughs> it seems like I keep getting pulled to stay in Michigan, so I'm not real sure. If, it's something to pray on for sure. But, you know, the one thing that I do know is that I'm going to get to be um, the mother that I, I always wanted to be and the godly mother that my children deserve for me to be. And the verse I stand on is Psalms 116, verse 8. Um, For you, O Lord, have delivered my, eyes from, my soul from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. Thank you. Amen. I love that story. <laughs> um, next, I'm going to have Miss Natalie... Um, I'm Natalie. I am uh, 28. I'm from Indiana, and this is Gia. Um, I come from a great family, a great home, um, pretty normal life, 
for the most part growing up. I've always had everything I've ever wanted or needed. Um, when I was about 21, that's kind of when I sort of marked the time is where my life took a turn. Um, my dad unexpectedly committed suicide and that kind of just turned our family upside down. Um, I was in college at the time and I finished that year and then I, I came home and um, during that time I was dating somebody who I found out was using heroin. And I had never been around drugs before. Um, I didn't really know anything about it. I was pretty naive to that whole scene. I, you know, I had great friends growing up. And um, so finally one day I tried it because you know I was in this really kind of desperate place where I just wanted to numb all my feelings. You know, I was really sad from what had just happened. And I thought maybe I could just try it here and there when I was feeling really sad and it would, just take that pain away. I didn't really realize that by trying it, I would be signing myself up to a six-year-long addiction, um, but that's exactly what happened. Um, so him and I did that together for about a year, and that, you know, our lives spiraled downhill really quickly. Um, then one day I got a phone call that he was in a fatal car accident, so I, you know, I had another tragedy happen that just kind of propelled me to keep using. You know, I didn't want to feel that pain either, so it just kept me deep in my addiction and I was just felt alone and abandoned and angry with God and you know all those feelings so I didn't really want to feel anything and that's exactly what this drug did for me um, over the next six years um, I somehow maintained a pretty normal life I got really good at kind of hiding you know this secret life that I had I maintained a job that I was really good at um, I was really active I was a tennis player played every day almost. So, it, you know, from the outside looking at it, it seemed like I was pretty normal and that I had everything kind of all together, which kind of made it almost harder for me because I had this image that I kind of had to keep up and I, you know, it just is really exhausting. And I'd never gotten in trouble. I'd never been, I've never been arrested. So that also kind of helped justify what I was doing because I thought, well, I'm not that bad. You know, I can, I can do this. I've got control. But, um, just like anything else, it catches up with you. And I'd say the beginning of last year is when my addiction finally kind of took complete hold of me. Um, I'd stopped wanting to change. I, you know, before that I always would set these goals that I, you know, this day I'll quit, this day I'll quit. And I kind of just got to the point where I accepted my lifestyle and you know, which is so sad because I never ever thought that I would be in the spot that I was in. And I just stopped caring. You know, I didn't care if I lived or died anymore. I just thought it'd probably be easier if I died because, you know, getting clean just seemed so unrealistic at that point. And I really didn't feel like I had anyone to turn to because I didn't feel like anybody knew what I was going through. And then I found out I was pregnant and I was devastated because I thought I am not in any position to take care of a child. I can't even take care of myself. Um, but I think God really knew that that was the one thing that was going to really stop me in my tracks. And kind of <laughs> um, you know, my life was pretty disposable to me and didn't really have any meaning anymore. So um, once I found out I was pregnant, it was just like right then and there, I, I knew that I had to stop. I didn't even question it. It wasn't a hard decision. It was like, this is what I need to do. How do I do it? Where do I go? 
And then from there, he kind of just opened up the doors for me, and um, I had never heard of Teen Challenge before. And I got online with my mom, and we found it right away. And within that week, we were on our way here. She, she did tell me it was only a three-week program, uh, <laughs> which I found out that it wasn't, but that's okay. Um, just for, Yeah, just six, three weeks over and over and over again. But um, I graduate in August, so I'm almost done. So I've, I've really stuck it out. <laughs> Um, and the verse I stand on is Jeremiah 29:11. For I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And He's definitely given me a future. Um, since I've been here, my life has changed so much in so many good ways. I wake up to her every day, which is amazing. Um, my family is in one of the best places it's been in a long time. Um, and I, I just wake up happy and hopeful, and I don't know exactly what my plans are, but he's been so faithful this far that I know he has something great in store for us. So. Amen. Natalie came in four days after I was hired, so she's been... Uh, and a, a joy to watch to see how God has transformed her life. And that baby is a joy. Um, you know, yes, we have our fussy days. Don't we all have our fussy days? Sometimes I just feel like doing that some days. <laughs> I don't know if it will help, but I just feel like doing it. So, you know, um, we're going to wrap up here. But I just wanted to... I just want to say to you that although you've heard some amazing stories and testimonies this morning of how God can just come in and completely transform a life, you know, and thank God for programs like Teen Challenge, but thank God for churches like Mount Hope Gaylord, where people too can come in who are broken and hurting and find the love and the hope and the mercy and the grace that only God has. And there's places like this all over the place. I get the honor and privilege of going to lots of different churches on Sundays. And um, always love coming back to the AG Church. That's where my roots are. And I just, you know, I feel like I'm at home. But um, there's a lot of churches out there, and there's a lot of amazing churches out there. And a place where you can come. And you may not have an addiction, but there's something Everybody has something. Everybody has hurts in their past. They've been hurt by someone or something. Everybody has disappointments, failures, whatever it is. We all struggle with the same kinds of things. They may not go to the extreme like Teen Challenge, and thank God there's programs out there for those that experience that. But we all have something. We're all vessels that need to be filled. We need to be filled with the oil of the Holy Spirit. We need to be filled so that we can do and be everything that God wants us to be. We all have a plan. We all have a purpose. There is a reason you are on this planet, and it's not just to fill an empty seat on a Sunday morning. Um, So, In closing, I just want to, 
you know, first of all, I, want, I, I would love for you guys to just, if you could remember us in prayer, whenever you think of it, you can visit our table out in the foyer and get a card, get a brochure. If you know of anybody who needs a program like Teen Challenge, please come and see one of us. We would be happy to talk to you about it. We'd be happy to give you a brochure um, and pray for us. We need lots of prayer. Everybody needs prayer. We need prayer. But I just want to, if could we all stand? And I just want to give you an opportunity, you know, in order for God to fill an empty vessel with his spirit, we have to be willing. We have to be open. That widow was open to what God wanted to do, and she took the steps of faith that she needed to take to go out and find those empty vessels and bring them in so that a miracle could take place. And if you're here today and you have never given your heart to the Lord, or you have given your heart to the Lord at one point and you've let those some of those empty vessels get filled up with something other than God, I just want to give you that opportunity this morning to allow him to do in you and through you what we cannot do ourselves. So if we could all just bow our heads for a moment, I want to give you that opportunity. If you have never accepted Christ into your heart before, you've never said, God, take my life. Take everything. I can't do this anymore. I need you to help me. If that's you, I would just encourage you to slip up your hand because I'd love to pray for you. I'd really love to pray for you because God wants to come in and he wants to take that empty vessel of yours and he wants to fill it up and he wants to do an amazing thing in your life. Salvation is the first miracle that God does in our lives. And it is a miracle because he changes in heart in an instant. Yes, we have work to do afterwards, but he does it. He does what only he can do. Is there anybody in the room today that would like to say, God, I open my heart to you. I want to give my heart to you. Amen. I see your hand. Amen. So we're all going to pray because we have someone here who wants to give their heart to the Lord. We're all going to pray. And I'd like you to just pray this out loud with me and stand with this young lady who wants to give her heart to the Lord. All right, just repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I know that I am a sinner. I know that I have made wrong choices in my life. I am an empty vessel. And I ask you, Jesus, to come into my life and fill that vessel with your Holy Spirit. I thank you, Jesus, for dying on that cross for my sins and washing me white as snow. And I ask you, Jesus, to be the leader and the Lord of my life from this day forward. And it is your name I pray. Amen. We pray you enjoyed this message. 
you would like to partner with Mount Hope Church, you can make your tax-deductible donation online at GaylorChurch.com. From there, just click on Give Online Now. Thanks for listening. We can't wait to be with you again next week.